0: Man, have I, have I become who I wanted to be? And that's quite a, a weird place to be. In. Absolutely, because it can take you down to a pretty dark place where you don't want to be in either. Some people come up and say, "Oh, if you didn't have a cerebral palsy, what, who would you be? What would you be doing?" I'm like, what? I, I don't know, and I know, and I don't really care because I'm Cam one of my first people that came up to me when I said I was going to be a speaker, he said, oh, but you're not disabled enough to be a speaker cam. You've got to be walking up on stage like, you know, dragging your foot. And I'm just like, what? Mm. You know? And people, but people could hear that. People could listen to that. Awesome is not the same as cool, gnarly, fantastic, wonderful. Awesome starts with awe, and so all of that stuff we do in life,
1: that goes, I don't know if I can do that, but I'm going to give it a go. This episode of A Beacon of Hope is proudly brought to you by Campfire Studios. To find out more, visit campfirestudios.co.nz. Two, three, four... A Beacon of Hope is a weekly podcast that shines a light on the human spirit and explores the power of hope in our lives. Join me, Will Fleming, as I talk to people from all walks of life about where they find hope and how they use it to navigate life's challenges.
0: Be good, be safe, and be happy.
1: On this episode of A Beacon of Hope, I connect with Cam Calcoun for a conversation about hope. Cam was born with cerebral palsy, but has never allowed his circumstances to dictate his potential. Instead, he chooses to redefine normal and chase his dreams far beyond his comfort zone. Cam is an inspirational speaker, social entrepreneur, charitable fundraiser, and athletic gold medalist defying the odds and inspiring millions around the world cam i don't have a huge intro when i have guests but i was really excited about chatting to you today there's this weird thing on social media where you pop up often enough that i kind of feel like i know you (laughs) but then i get to see you and we get to shake hands and share some space and isn't life a gift that we can catch up in real life eh?
0: I feel like we've been waiting for this
1: moment for a while. What have we been waiting for? Waiting for life to get tough enough to unite. To go, this is the moment. (laughs)
0: This is when yin and yang come together, right? Things always happen for a reason, and I'm a firm believer
1: Do you really believe that, though, that things happen for a reason? Because there's lots of reason in life, especially in our modern world, to believe that there's no meaning to the struggle that we all live. I I get a sense you believe, man, it's like you make what you've given.
0: You make what you've given and you've got to face these challenges in order to get growth. And on the way here, I was thinking about that, you know, for those who are listening, we're we're going now. eh? We're we're on. We just rock into it. (laughs) That's how we do it. (laughs) Um, You know, for those who don't know me and those that don't know me, you know, it's my speech impediment of having cerebral palsy. But I – I've gone on to be a speaker, and so we've gone from like it being a hobby to something that gave me a few hundred dollars a year to something that grew and grew and grew. And it's just you look back on that and go, if the challenges hadn't been there, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now because you've got to have a dream and associate and connect that dream with a challenge somehow Mm. to get clarity, purpose,
1: passion. Yeah. Connection, how close is the dream? This is what I think about too the, the nightmare, which is always just on the other side real close
0: <laughs> real close eh? absolutely in fact, I think you get to these points where you're like, Um man have i have I become who I wanted to be, mm. and that's quite a a weird place to be, in. absolutely. 'Cause it can take you down to a pretty dark place where you don't wanna be in either. Well, especially I
1: think when I see a lot of your posts, you've got the awesome sign. Yeah. And my question is like, if you don't feel awesome that day, but you've got to be awesome, you gotta dig deep sometimes for yeah. that. And maybe that comes at a cost. You know?
0: Yeah, I don't know if it comes as a cost or an opportunity, right? Um, because you because you when I create content For people, it's looking beyond the, beyond the, the script or the, the, um, the, um, brief that I've been given and going, everyone I speak to is a person first. And so every experience that I have is a parallel experience to the person, cerebral palsy, speaker, you put all that aside and there's, that's where the parallels lie. Mm. And so it's about going, okay, so how do I interpret this situation right now in life for something that's going to be a benefit to
1: my audience, to Will, to who I'm speaking to today? Mm. I think the same thing, but I, I sometimes think we think we're here to talk, but we're actually here to just to be with each other. Mm. You know, I heard a story today about someone talking about their mental health struggle was around their loneliness. Mm. Life's lonely if you don't have other people around, and we're doing so much online. And I think we assume Cam that that is connection, but it's a different connection, eh? Like I'm so stoked to meet you today, you uh, know, and and to to do whatever we do in the real world physically, you know, it's something that um, I mean, somewhat I think that's where hope is found, optimism is found, and you get to stand on stage and not just talk but connect, and yeah. you must feel that, right? Oh, yeah, it gives you goosebumps. Are you you nervous though before you go? Yeah.
0: Every single time. (laughs) Every
1: (laughs) single time, which is what keeps you on your toes. And what kind of feelings are you having? Because most people equate anxiety and nerves as a bad thing, but they must be telling you, get in there, Cam. Come on, we're ready to rock. Yeah.
0: So when I started, it was seen as a bad thing, you know? I was like, oh, man, how do I overcome this fear and the butterflies and the sweats and. Sometimes it's church, you know, but, <laughs> but until just before. And then I, I met with a really well-known musician and he said that he used to always be scared. And I'm like, come on, you're like the man. Everyone loves your music. And it sort of normalized it for me. That was feeling that we don't like or be uncomfortable is something that we've kind of just got to get comfortable with in order to perform. And it wasn't until a few years later I went into a speech where I thought I was really comfortable and I walked away from that and I was like, why am I not feeling the sense of satisfaction that I normally get? Mm. And I realised that I was kind of too relaxed and so I wasn't kept on my toes right? and I wasn't alert. You know, it's like that fight, or is it fight, flee or?
1: Fight, flight.
0: Yeah, that thing. And when you kind of, you fight,
1: it feels better. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, that's the, but I don't really hear people talking about that. I hear people trying to, maybe, what am I saying? I'm saying that who's going out there saying fight in this world? But I think we should do that because life's a fight in some ways, isn't it? And I'm not here saying positivity and – I mean, I am, but I'm saying find it in the areas where maybe you don't want to look.
0: And find a positive result for that fight, you know. Mm. So the challenge of whether it's waking up super early in order to get something done or going through a challenging time, whether it be a breakup or separation or Mm. business not doing so well –
1: what is, we fo- what is our focus mm. on from that moment? Yeah. A um, couple questions I've been thinking about asking you. Is there a team that roll with you? Are you a one-man band? Yeah. How does this work? Are you your salesperson, marketing? Mm. Have you got this team around you? Because – I imagine you do. Looks like it by the amount of stuff you do. What's the realities of looking through your lens?
0: It looks like it and it's fair a little bit, but maybe not to the extent that a lot of people would assume yes. or imagine. Yes. So when I got into my speaking I went out to the bureaus here in New Zealand and there was one called celebrity speakers yeah. and they challenged me to be a part of their team, which is good because it should never be easy to become part of a team. True. And I looked at everyone who was in that team, and I realised, that reached reached the pinnacle of sport, business, entrepreneurship, politics. Like, they had a reason to be there. And so I thought, where can I reach my pinnacle as a speaker? And I went off to New York City, and I spoke there. And I knew who I was, but the New Zealand network is incredible. Mm. And a guy from Taranaki became the vice president of NBC Universal, and I ended up speaking there. And then I went on to MTV and Nickelodeon and car companies, and I came back to New Zealand and became part of that team of celebrity speakers, which was awesome. And I went from doing one speech a year to one speech a week, and part of it is that I would always give to them in order for it to be... You've got to push the pump, right? Mm. So if I've done a really good, successful real estate talk, that's who I let know about it because chances are I've got another real estate company coming to them, but it was a long-term vision of building up that relationship Mm. as a speaker because it was getting to a point where I knew I would need a manager and I couldn't find a manager that that lit me up. So I thought you may as well go to the best in the speaking world who are already getting people contacting them, wanting speakers, Mm -hmm. saying,
1: I want to be the best that I can be and one of the best that you can offer. And and, and how long have you been in the speaking circuit? Because I I guess I want to know, what were you doing before that? So before the speaking, I was an
0: athlete, with the goal and ambition of getting to the Paralympics, yep. and I got to a world championship level, yep. and people would be like, oh, man, can you come and speak about this? And I'd be like, no way, man. Like, have you heard my voice? Come on. <laughs> people say they're scared of speaking than they of dying, and, like, I've got a valid reason for that. And then i would be like, yeah, but you've done cool stuff. And I thought, if I put the same energy into my speaking – that I put into my training to be an athlete, I would have a lot less to be worried about. Mm. And then I became an ambassador for an organisation, a disability centre, which needed to raise a lot of money and not a lot of time, so $4 million as soon as we could to build a building. And we realised that people paid to get inspired, you know, all those big speakers all around the world yep. getting paid heaps. Yep. And we thought if we could give away that inspiration – I would return the favour in the way of donations. And so we'd have nights where we'd raise eighty, hundred and twenty K in a night and within a few years had the four million dollars to build a building. And then from that network people would be like, Can you come and speak, speak, speak? And that's how it that's and, how it grew.
1: And you're happy that I guess what I'm saying is, is it making you happy doing that? And are you going to just continue to do that, you know, because there's surely no, there's no stopping the need for people to get together, to feel connected. And yeah. um, I think it's even getting worse in these days, which yeah. is why I love the podcast. Like, what other ways can we get together I know. if you don't know someone it's random to say, I just want to have a coffee. Yeah. But if you say, Can, let's do a podcast, it's uh...
0: I know, crazy, right? <laughs> but imagine if we could all take something from that because that's what I say to my audiences. Like 45, 60 minutes ago, you had no idea who I was. I had no idea who you were. And now we've laughed, we've cried, we've shared an experience. You're, you're wanting to follow me on Instagram. I'm wanting to follow you. Just because we've sat down and listened and we need to find ways as a community, as a society, to to do more mm. of this and this of that, which isn't what I, I don't consider about real real connections for people. True, eh? When we were going through COVID, mm. you know, and, and my speaking got taken away from me and it went virtual, it really was. A cool wake-up call is that I don't do this because it's a, uh, I've got a business side of it. I do it because of the energy and the people that I get to connect with. Mm. And so I was starting to have imaginations of like an underground speakeasy, kind of just you know <laughs> something where people could come in. I was going to open a, a bookshop, a cafe, whatever, just to, connect. to just bring people together. Mm. And if that became illegal, even better, right? Like you wanna you
1: wanna foster connection. Mm. Did you always have the awesome mindset right from the I you think were so. Little? I think so. Yeah.
0: Because people are asking me about it all the time, you know, and people love to make assumptions of oh, you grew up in a great environment and you went to a great school mm-hmm. and you had good people in your life, and mentors and mm-hmm. and you met Will <laughs> You know, and it's true. But you've gotta you see people that do all the same stuff, have the same upbringings, have the same family things and go completely different ways. Mm. So there's gotta be a degree of like awesomeness from the very beginning in order to see mm. to see that hope that people are giving you. Yeah, man. To have the dream because if you haven't got the dream and you've got heaps of advice coming to you well, how do you, what do you do with that advice? Mm. You know, when I was a teenager and I was going through a really bad stage and mom, I loved the TV show Havoc with Jeremy Wales yep. and, 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 and Mikey Havoc and, and mum read a letter to Jeremy Wales. I had no idea what that letter said, but Jeremy responded with a letter that day and those words changed the direction of my life but because I was able to provide the hope that he gave me with my dream.
1: What were the words? So he said,
0: difference is a good thing. Mm. He said, the people who count in this world look for those who look different. He said, the kids at his school that were getting into fights back then because they thought they were cool, were still getting into fights today Mm. and no one wanted to be around them. And those things, like, I've still got it framed on my bedroom wall. And then as the years went on and I realised I always wanted to travel, I always wanted to entertain, I always wanted to connect, made me go, well, how come the difference in the way I walk, how can that get me where oh, I could become a runner? How can I look at my voice different? Or well, instead of impediment, I'd say it as a, an accent. <laughs> Powerful, dude Just made the choice Made a choice to listen And to make, yeah
1: Make a choice Just, Just trying to sit on that for a second Because I get the sense that it's really difficult for people to believe that They have something to offer You know, when you look into the world of, you know, mental health and stuff like that It becomes really that inner voice that say negative stuff to you in that feedback loop and all of a sudden you can start believing your own negative hype and um i guess that's why i'm really excited too cuz one how do we shake people from that is it even possible or you know i don't know i don't know those answers and two maybe some of the answers are found when you when you say that or you know we talked a little bit before we started recording about what do we do on days where life isn't awesome? Mm. You know, like what do you do on days where you wake up and you're like, hold on a minute, I feel a bit different about what's going on. Yeah.
0: Well, a few things. Like just going back a little bit mm. where that conversation started around, um, I can't remember where it started, but it triggered something. And mm. we're in a society that in, in, <clears throat> is an inspirational speaker and um, part of us where you're talking about where – where are you going next, you know? It's the number one question. Cam, what are you going to do next, you know? And I'm I starting to say to people, I've just spoken for the last hour about what I've done. I did it because I want, I want to know what you're going to do with it, right? Mm. And then having that privilege as a speaker that I have of reflecting on the past as much as I do dreaming about the future, mm. and I think it's giving ourselves permission to reflect on the past where we can actually get real good strength. Because if you think about it, an inspiration, motivational speaker is inspirational, motivational because they're taking you on their journey from where they were to where where they are now. Mm. Right. So the difference between the person up on stage and the person in the audience is they've stopped to think about it and to reconnect all the dots. Imagine if you all gave yourself time to do that. Like, I'd be really curious to know if those people who keep journals versus those who don't, and I don't know what my answer is, but I'd be curious to know what the difference is with mental health. Yeah, Yeah.
1: well, it's interesting you talk about (laughs) journals where we're doing a podcast on suicide prevention, Mm. and one of the things that comes through is journaling. Mm. You know getting if you can't get it out in the spoken word get it out in any way you just got to get it out yeah and it's hard for people to believe yeah. I think that uh, even for me to 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 think <coughs> that's a real thing that you've got to get it out but it makes sense right if it doesn't go out where does it sit inside yeah and if it sits inside it festers
0: it festers and you don't give that opportunity to look at it mm. from a different perspective. And the more you think about those things and go, okay, so how do, how do I want this challenge to shape me? What way do I want it to go? And I remember, I don't know if someone told me these words or if I made them up, but I was going through a time where it was challenging. And the words that came to me were, how do my actions and reactions to now impact on the dream? And there were those times where, as a teenager, where I did think about giving up. Did you? And so how do the actions and reactions impact on the dream? My dream to travel, my dream to entertain, my dream to connect. Well, although I didn't know what those were looking like at the time, I would have never realised what they would have become. Mm. There's been times when I've taken anger out on those people that I love the most, and when you stop and go, Well, how do my actions impact the dream? Mm. Well losing
1: someone would be a big yeah. a big thing you don't want, absolutely, yeah, it's powerful, man, and I think about you talking about that too, and also you know your mum writing that letter, and what if she doesn't write that letter? What if you don't get those words from? Was it Mikey or Jeremy? Jeremy. Have you ever talked to Jeremy about it? Yeah. What did he say? Does he remember? So,
0: yeah. So it would have been maybe 15 years later, but I can't. Because you get it as a 12 year old, you're like, oh, this is cool. And you but, you know, I didn't do anything further at the time other than keep that letter. And then as I started speaking about the story, I thought, Jeremy's bound to have heard of this, but it'd be cool if he could hear it from me. Mm. And so I jumped on Facebook. I said, does anyone know Jeremy Wells? And within two days, we had to punch me through court. Wow. <laughs> and I said, did you remember writing this letter? And he said, Abs- absolutely. He said, there were a few things. One, I thought it was so cool that a mum would do that because he was living in this world where... People saw him as a celebrity, that was untouchable. And in New Zealand with our tall poppy syndrome, we kind of create that, you know. People get onto a set of level and you think of they're unapproachable. But again, going back to what I was saying before in terms of creating content whoever you are, you're a person first. Then we've got to remember that people want to be connected. So that really led him up. Plus he was going through, people make these assumptions, but like others do, of thinking that I've got an amazing team around me, I've got a team that look after but speaking aspect, but for anything else to grow, you know, I've got to do that. And And Jeremy mentioned that thing of, how challenging it can be at times. And so getting this leader kind of helped give them perspective. Mm. And so everyone, it was a win, 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 win. <laughs> and that's what happens when we help people. When I was running a mentoring program of young people with disabilities, I'd get the win of the young person with a disability going on to achieve what they wanted to do, but I'd get the employer coming to me who had been a mentor, saying, hey, up until now, I would have never considered a person like this to be part of a team. Now I would. Win, 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 win,
1: you know? And I think, like, uh, one of the things just in your story is just that pivotal role mum played. Yeah. And what a gift, eh? Yeah. Do you guys talk about that? Did you talk about that moment? <laughs> you know, we—I guess yeah. you did many things like that, which just yeah. kept giving you that optimism, yeah. kept giving you that hope. I mean, that means a lot to me because part of this podcast is a memory of my mum. Yeah, and that what I realised when she had gone is that she filled me with this optimism. It hasn't always helped me because it's difficult looking at the world through optimism an optimism lens, yeah. optimistic lens when you see pain, suffering, mm. when you see hardship. But I believe that, you know, I have to put into action that gift she gave me which was filled with love and hope. And, you know, she'd often say, you can do it, you know. Yeah. And I was like, there's only a couple of people in your life who believe that. And yeah. One's your mum.
0: Yeah, and you want wait to live alone, right? Mm. Your mum's always there. And um, yeah, my mum, my mum lives in Hawke's Bay, and she's up this week, which is and it's,
1: it's why don't you bring her in here a podcast, to a it's podcast? To a podcast, you two capture the story.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's one of those things, that you just yeah, if you if you've got a relationship with your parents that you can treasure, you know, hold on to it and and make that time. You know, she's up here now at a really busy time of life. And I find myself kind of going, well, what really is important right now and why I feel winning is the fact that mum's here for five days and, you know, taking time out to be here, but the rest of the day will be just
1: being with her, eh? And excuse my bad language, but what does she say about the cool shit you do? You know, like being on stage, travelling the world, (sighs) living your dreams. You know, she must be pumped. She's pumped. She's yeah. pumped. It's a good way of putting it. <laughs> she's real about it, but she's pumped, yeah.
0: Seeing her boy get out there and do it, yeah. And we we all can, right? And it's making it's asking ourselves what we want to be, not letting those perceived realities get in the way. Mm. You know, I I don't want anyone ever walking away going. You know, some people come up and say, "Oh, if you didn't have a cerebral palsy, what who would you be? What would you be doing?" I'm like, what? I, and I know, and I know not really care because I'm camp, right? It's not, or people come up and say, oh, I know someone just like you, just like you. You know, they work down in the local supermarket and they go to parties with their brother and their mum. And, and, and at this stage, I'm going, well, that's cool, but I, I can't see why that person's just like me. And then they'll go, oh, he's got cerebral palsy. Oh, so there's one, that little thing you're going to hold on to that makes me just like you. You know, and sometimes you feel like saying, oh, I I know this guy, Donald Trump, he's just like you. (laughs) You know, it's a weird. That's my goal in life, for doing what I do. If we can put people first, Mm. no matter anything else, and learn that. Imagine the world that we'd live in. Imagine how open you'd be to go up to someone and go, hey, how are you doing? In fact, how good does that feel when you walk into a shop mm. and you've had a conversation with someone that you didn't expect and you've made them laugh? Because that does happen
1: in our lives, right? Absolutely. Some of the best times happen like that. Yeah. Yeah, you want people to, like, look at me. Yeah. Not don't just look at me, look at me, you know, really connect. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if you, if you trust that, if you trust to do that, I mean, man, some of the best things happen. I met my wife like that. We were at a barbecue and (laughs) I, you know, I was young and I didn't, I I brought beer instead of food, you know, typical young fella. And, um. (laughs) She's a German lady, and so she was like, are you hungry? And I'm like, I'm always hungry. So she started filling my plate up, and I was like, wow, I've never had someone fill my plate up like that. And so it sounds a bit silly, but I think I loved her straight away. It
0: was first day. Yeah, love it first. You can fill my
1: plate. You can fill my cup. (laughs) That's right. And then I followed her back to Germany, and, you know, we're together, and what a gift, you know, and. Yeah, I don't know. Like there's algorithms to life and that's one of them, hoping that you can connect with someone and you never know where that relationship will lead to, you know? Like us, who knows? We might collaborate on heaps of cool stuff. I'm up for it, man. You might have New Zealand's number one podcast, Uh, proudly sponsored by (laughs) Campfire Studios. Your first guest should be your mum, though. Have you had your mum on the podcast? No, I've
0: I've recently thought about like how how – Mum's got such a golden story, right? But no one else, no one knows, no one's heard. There's so many gyms in it, as we are with lots of people. And so it's just working out, you know, how, why, when would Mum want to mm. share that, and in what capacity? You know, like it, to to bring him up on stage one day would just be <laughs> gold. But I I have no idea. It's going to go either really well, or she will just freeze up. Mm. Like I used to, so it would be about coaching her through that.
1: Cam, when we dig down into the weeds, what does hope and optimism mean to you? Is there any, um, I guess I asked this because I have this interesting part of my psychology, which uh, producer guy is experiencing, which is like trying to leave something open to bigger ideas. I don't know what that means. Maybe it's spirituality. Maybe it's something bigger than that. Yeah. But I have a problem just internally where I'm like, it can't be nothing. It must be something. But then if it is nothing, I'm cool with that because we are all something. You know, we all lean on each other. So that's my, maybe that's why I do this podcast, but what's your thoughts on, you know, is there a bigger plan here? Um, What are the mechanisms that you've tried to articulate in the awesome work you're doing that give meaning. I don't know if that's a real question, maybe you.
0: Like a, a bigger plan yeah, like, um, that's happening to us or yes, that we're like, in control like, of?
1: Well, maybe I'm asking a bit of both. I'm just trying to dig down into like, when you say awesome, Yeah, is that rooted in something deeper than the word and the connection? Is there a energy there? Is it just the yeah, reason and energy man. man. Mm. Like, um,
0: awesome, awesome is not the same as cool, gnarly, fantastic, wonderful. Awesome starts with awe. And so, awe's that stuff we do in life that goes, I don't know if I can do that, but I'm going to give it a go. Mm. And I've, you know, one of the people I, I've spoken for is Main Fate, and they have a book about their story. And it's called ready, fire, aim. And I, I, I love the last two words of that. I don't care about being ready, but <laughs> fire and aim. How cool is that? <laughs> and that's what always is. So when the opportunity, when people were saying, Cam, can you speak? There was something that said, that's really scary, but I'm going to give it a go. And when awesome was getting to the other side of it. So that's awesome. And then awesome is A, and then W-E, so a little bit of we, and then it's got some in there, so some of me. And so that's a, that's a teamwork. So those mm-hmm. are all those things where I break down from awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's what sort of guides me, and I don't have a faith that I follow, but I... I like that people have stuff that keep them inspired and motivated, mm. and if you can find that, however that looks, from
1: that's the, the guidance that works yeah, for you. I love that. Yeah, because it can. We're searching for that that meaning, eh? And um. Do you feel people were searching for that
0: meaning more than ever before and that it's kind of compounded in the last few years of oh, shit? I've got to find this rather than if we go back 20, 30 years, I feel that there is this kind of a pattern and you follow that and you got from, you know, my grandmother just turned a hundred and I see and she's a really healthy hundred year old and I look at her life and go, she followed a pretty linear line and I feel I followed a linear line up until 30 and then it just went zigzagging <laughs> everywhere. And I don't know if that's a sign of a times or a sign of age. You know, <laughs> yeah, of just yeah. not been old, but of just you get to points
1: where you've got a you've got to try this and you've got to try mm. that no and I think there's hardly any Institutes which are forever institutes anymore. Mm, yeah. You could be something for a long time back in the day. Yeah. And now it's like if me and you and Guy and the ones watching this podcast aren't pivoting, we're getting lost in the rubble, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know if we have a shot. And also, I think generations before us probably didn't have as much time to think about what's awesome. They just had to get on with living. Mm. So we may be the first ones through the gates who are maybe overcomplicating it because we have a bit more time. Yeah. And maybe that's probably, you know, part of the mental health stuff where we're slowing down to really analyse it and then when you let the little worm out, the rest follow, you know, oh, wow. and it's like put them back in the box. But, yeah, I don't know. I think about it all the time. You know, my grandmother's from the Cook Islands and they had nothing and they came to New Zealand for this dream. And I don't think the dream lived up to its reality, but the dream was regular food, a shelter, yeah. That wasn't, you know, that that was like my mum was saying when they first moved into their house. It had five bedrooms. She thought nothing can be better than this. Yeah, you know, because they came from their kind of little, you know, village houses and stuff, and and they would want more for us. They want us to go out and be awesome to try things. Yeah, to not be like to to not have no options. So I think that's tough. It's its own unique challenge for us. Yeah, we have options. And guess what? With options comes There's so
0: many options, out. yeah. Like so when we started and you were like, oh, where's this podcast going to go? And do I have this and that and coaching? And I, I wonder, like, did the guy who was just waking up to make horseshoes back in the day, he go, oh, how can I pivot this horseshoe-making business? Yeah. Well, I'm just going ding, Absolutely. ding, ding all day. <laughs> and he would have done. Yeah. Or she would have done. Yep. Yeah. Because we wouldn't be where we are today. But it's just the speed in which things are happening or the wake-up calls that we're getting because, Mm. yeah.
1: And and that, you know, there could be one change in some algorithm and no one ever sees our stuff anymore. So we'll have to relearn how to do something, you know. I don't know how you feel, but I feel the best thing about social media is that I've been able to connect in real life through social media, and the podcast to form awesome friendships, you know? Like after doing 100%. maybe 400 or plus podcasts over the years, not just this one but other forms and variants, the people who I have in my life, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, yourself, friends like Professor Grant Schofield or yeah. This Lisa yeah, yeah. Lisa talked about um, going and doing the Mojave something, it's really yeah, ultra running digit run. Thing, and she was yeah. like injured. Yeah. She was, you know, um, had diarrhea. Yeah. And she got for like two days, her team, she just said, Look, everyone, you just have to come around me and talk positive to me. Yeah. And I was like, Really? At that level, your strategy is to get people to talk positive? And I was like, Most people don't think that works, but it must. Mm. If the cream of the crop, yeah. Are implementing that. So, yeah. I'm like, you know, hats off to you, Cam, for being awesome in a world which sometimes leans on us yeah. to not be.
0: Well, I make sure going for that social media of. I get to choose to a big extent who I follow and what I follow. And when it gets to 6 o'clock, what do I want to watch? Do I want to watch an hour of news or do I jump on a few years ago, TED Talks or, you know, listen to some podcasts? And when we start doing that, like so that circle of influence, all of that. And our circle of influence doesn't need to be people mm. that we see on a daily basis. They may not even know who we are, mm. but they can still influence us if we take that time. And yeah, mm. and believing that you can do it and not going oh, that sphere thing or that sphere thing, but if it lights you up give it a go. That's how I got into my speaking, you know. Billy Graham, one of New Zealand's great speakers, he said, if you can do what you did here, you can do it anywhere. By the way, I'm just on my way to um San Francisco to give a speech there. I was like, what? Oh, I just thought this was a way to create some awareness about the program I'm doing. It was like, yeah, I'm going to speak with 5,000 people over there. And it was then that realisation of, Oh, maybe, maybe I could give it a go. And so I went and I just started writing down my story and, and finding a coach and, and building it up and then, and then getting it out there. I wasn't worried about my niche. And that's where a lot of young speakers come to me or new speakers. They go, I just haven't found my niche. And I go, well, my niece nice tree sounds pretty small. Why be small when you can be big? <laughs> so let's just go out there and make it happen. Yeah. And then your niece can come and climb client rings up and say, hey, Ken, we really need something on goal setting or resilience or team building. We can go, oh, yeah, I
1: can focus on that for you. Mm. Uh, can I share one beef that I have with speakers? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> give it, give it to me. Give it to me, Cisco. I want (laughs) to bring it. I want to give it straight, man. (laughs) I want to know I'm different. I'm I'm about to get schooled. Yeah, the the beef I have is like, it always comes back to what's your why? I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to know what my why is? And I've never heard a good way to understand your why. Have you got anything you can help me with there? Like for people out there, like it's it's almost like saying. Be kind to others Sometimes they get so general I'm like what do you mean Do you mean be kind to others But what happens if it's road rage But what happens if I'm having a bad day Maybe being kind to others is Locking myself in the room for the day Until I feel better to come out You know there's so many caveats And I guess it seems to come back to your why What's your why
0: I I don't know how to answer it Because I don't talk about what's your why (laughs) There's huge figures speakers that Simon, do that.
1: Simon Snick. Simon Snick. Simon Sinek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all about your why.
0: For me, it's about talking about life as really, as real as you can. And obviously I've found a formula or a way of doing that. That's articulate. So you've got to go with a uh, hundred people in this room and there's got to be a return for them. And so you do polish. How are you going to tell that story? But the backbone of that story is how do I make life as awesome as I can be? And so by the end of that, of that speech, it's not about finding your way. It's about going, well, actually, if there's stuff out there that excites me, I'm going to say yes and see what happens. And if I fail along the way, that's okay because that's going to make me stronger. And who are those people? You know, when I speak about my parents, it's, it's awesome when people have been given that permission to think about their parents, to think about what it was like at school. That's the craft of the speech of going, this is my story and you're going to laugh at it and connect at it and feel inspired by it. But why, why, why are we here today? You know, and it's not about flying, about why, but it's about seeing what are the opportunities we've got, what are we scared of, what assumptions have we made that have perhaps limited us. One of my first people that came up to me when I said I was going to be a speaker he said, oh, but you're not disabled enough to be a speaker, Cam. You've got to be walking up on stage like, you know, dragging your foot. And I'm just like, what, mm. you know? And people, but people could hear that. People could listen to that. Someone else came up to me once and said, Cam, you must get a really hard time when you go to these uh, third world countries, or you know." when I was in at the bottom of Kilimanjaro, and people walking around with machine guns and Mercedes and stuff. I said, "No, I, I never have had a hard time." But wouldn't you be a victim of bullying and vulnerability? I'm like, no. And in fact, in my in my deepest thoughts, I think that's really sad because if anything happens to you in the future, you're gonna think that's who you're now, who you now are, that you're now a weak, vulnerable person. Mm -hmm. And so, my goal from the speech isn't that you're focused on that. It's going, man, what was the, what was the choices. You made? What are the choices that I'm making? Who am I deciding to be? What is that dream and am I living that dream? People are like, oh, dreams, but dreams create your goals and your purpose and your focus. And we don't need to overcomplicate mm. life too much.
1: That's awesome. I feel much more clear about my why. <laughs> Screw the why. No, because... Your why sounds to me like it's like where you will arrive, you know, and you might sit there and say, why did I do that after doing it? And, you know, you are talking before a little bit about doing it and then calibrating as you go, and that's certainly something that I personally, I'm 42, it took me 41 years to believe I could. I nearly had to be pushed to do it. Yeah, And uh, I guess that's the fear we all have is that if I take that leap Will there be something to meet me? And I start to believe yes, but I believe it more when you talk to me because you don't want to, you don't think you should. People are telling you not to, but do it anyway. And
0: that's what this room has been filled of over the years, for your podcast, other people's podcast. Mm. People were saying that, look, I was the only person that believed that I could do that, and I, I did. But I was prepared to do what others may not and some of those things that others are not prepared to do are actually quite small things. But it's, you know, it's about doing them. I don't believe in having, like, a huge plan of, oh, you've got to be up at this time and you've got to eat that. You've got to do what works for you. Hey, you've got to do what... And if you can live your optimum life for four hours of, of what you do a day... Also, awesome. when I talk about, like, um, you know, doing what you love in life, and some people can go, oh, it's a nice thing, easy thing to say, eh? It's an easy thing to say, do what you love, you. that's your dream. But it's a perception of what you love has to be 24 hours of a day. Doing what you love could be one minute of a day of, of contacting someone and saying, hey, I love you, you're awesome, going for a walk, playing a video game, whatever it may be, but doing those things that ignite your endorphins, that make you feel good, Mm. that set you
1: up. And that's doing what you love. Yeah, I think that's where hope is found too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hope, you can't underestimate hope. And that's why I was so excited about being on the podcast. Mm. because I see that big alignment
1: between a you know, a, a, a hope and a, a dream. Yeah, and that's what they talk about when people give up hope. That's when that darkness creeps in, you know, and I want to be a champion of the hope, mm-hmm. whatever that means. And it's not always easy in our modern world to talk about things that don't have such um, structures, you mm-hmm. know. I think when you look at some of the stories of history, hope is the one thing that, uh, keep people going. Maybe yeah. our ancestors, you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the hopes of our mothers, for example. Yeah. That their kids will find. Yeah. A place for themselves in the yeah. world. Very tricky.
0: Well, homes what I will need to change my behaviours from being quite destructive, destructive as a teenager, and going. I I've got to believe in that hope, you know, of that life will be
1: that life that I I want it to be mm. you know? so you're kind of admitting that you're a little shit sometimes
0: yeah <laughs> but, you know <laughs> we, I, we all were right uh, yeah and, and and aggressive you know about it and like not I'm doing stuff that could have ended my life and hurt people you know because you do sometimes go well that's that's, that's that must be you know, we get in mm-hmm. some pretty dark places at yeah,
1: times. Absolutely. And I
0: think getting in a dark place now is still it's, it's, it's a part of life and it's going, okay, this is where I am today. And again, this is where I go and I look back and I go, well, what are the things that are going to fill me with positivity? What are the stories I've got to remember? Mm-hmm. What are... Things that I've done in my life that have proven to myself that I've got through challenging times. And then, where, where, what do I want that dream to be? What do I, what, 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 how do I find that answer? And I learned that from my mum and dad, you know, when I was going to school in Napier and there was a point where there was no sort of school that looked like it would inspire me as an intermediate or college student. Mum and Dad moved from Napier to Auckland, so they sold a house and they bought a house that was a third of the size for five times the price <laughs> just down the road, actually, on Burnley Terrace, and it was awesome that they did that because I went to a school called Ponsonby, because we couldn't afford to be in Ponsonby, so we'd drive a long way from Sandringham <laughs> to, to Ponsonby, but it was those things of going... Keep looking until you get the answer that you want. Change your environment. My dad's a dog trainer. He was told he could never train a dog because he had dyslexia. And back in the day, if you had dyslexia, you were, you were pretty much invisible, vegetable, right? That's what I <laughs> told you. That's what I told him. But he went over to Holland. He learned how to train a wolf and he's been training dogs for the last 38, 39 years. Yeah. Professionally, as a full-time career, because he kept looking, he kept looking for the answer. Lisa Tramaday, I'm sure she would have spoken about that, with her mum being told to give up. She's gonna die. That was years and years and years ago. Mm. Hey, yeah. and it's hope,
1: and it's that dream. Absolutely, and I think part of it is you know, someone gives a damn about you, and that if all the wheels fall off. There'll be so, still someone there to love you, you know. Um, yeah, and, and the answer's in what you can't do, you know. I, I have dyslexia, so guess what I run now? Yeah. I talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I, I don't have a you library. you can
0: remember shit like <laughs> no one else, man. hey yeah, that's what I was saying with Billy Graham. Yeah. I, mean, like I, I, can just, I can tell stories real mm, good because mm. that's what I've highly tuned. Yeah. And, and you, when you look at all these really successful people around the world who all have dyslexia, right? But mm-hmm. when you have a, a mum come up to you and go, oh, I'm so worried about my five-year-old Jimmy with dyslexia. You go, you need to start surrounding five-year-old Jimmy with people that prove to him that dyslexia is his, his, I don't call it his superpower. but that you're your superpower, right? Yeah, that's right. He can be what he wants to be. People come up to me, oh, Cam, I've got a kid with cerebral palsy, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it affects his, his left arm. And I'm like, dude, sweet. He's got a good, man. He's got a good. What are you worried about? And they're worried because the do- doctors or someone has told them that they're going to get a hard time and be bullied. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not like that if you don't want it to be, but you've got to step outside your comfort zone, and that's what I did. So when I was at school and I didn't want to be bullied, I'd step outside the comfort zone and I'd be like, Hey, Will, what are you up to this weekend? Mm. And now I know what Will's up to this weekend and he'd find out that I'm up to something similar. So that's cool. And now we can connect on stuff. Yeah, that's beautiful, and it roots like that
1: all through our life. It eh? does, eh? It does. Yeah, yeah. The one good thing about not being the cool kid at school is you have have a lot of love to give for the rest of your life. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of my pals who were the cool kids, I feel like they burnt the candle <laughs> at school. You know? Yeah, and yeah. Used a bit of their. I'm all, like I was amazed that lady I was talking about Monica. I was like, wow. She's beautiful, She served me food, she seems interested in me, yeah, I haven't had that my whole life yeah so i i'm I'm still grateful, and that's like twenty years ago yeah. you know it's like i've got a, I say to her I've got a lot a lot of love to give darling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're the person who's gonna get it so yeah. there's a yeah, that's right there's a there's something waiting for all of us eh yeah, but you've
0: got to challenge yourself to give that mm. you know and so ever every's that cool kid listening to most. And going, oh, life's pretty easy right now. What are you going to do to challenge yourself so that you are still that cool kid 10, 20, 30 years from now? That's
1: right. Yeah. Are we the cool kids now?
0: I think so. Oh, man, as soon as you said, can you be on your podcast, I was like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've just... Been... Uh, I don't know what we've spoken about <laughs> for the last hour. I hope I haven't scared off all your listeners. No, but, man, yeah. this was awful, I've but... just
1: been... I, I hope that... What I think has happened is you've talked about things that you haven't talked about on stage and on podcasts, and that was my hope, mm. is that we could connect on a slightly different level, which... You know, I'll have to watch all your stuff. I'm like, hey, that he talked about that before here and there. Yeah. Um, no, and that, and
0: that, for me, that's my goal because you, you get to a point where you're speaking so much, yeah. and you're like, my, my biggest fear is that life condenses into a 60 minute speech, and that's all you are, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and that people Ooh. want to hear that. and and that's something that I've got a nut out of having. Your, you know, um, Big Dave, who I meet up with, and he said, like, you, you've just got to get comfortable with turn just, just show up, just show up, mm-hmm. and feel the room. What you said at the beginning, and so to having given that permission when I came in here, was really cool. With the hope that that mm-hmm. thing. Give some new nuggets to someone else, and you start to go, "Okay, life is way bigger than just awesome." We now know what awesome's about,
1: and yeah, and that it doesn't have to always be awesome. No, that awesome isn't.
0: Well, awesome is awe and some and me and we, right? Mm-hmm. And it's about awe, but it's really, like awe can make your tummy turn at times, yeah. Yeah, you know. When I was starting to speak in America and calling people up, and you're getting rejection or climbing Kilimanjaro and all that stuff, it's scary. Mm.
1: But you do it. Shout out to David Neathy. Yeah. He's the man. Yeah. So many guests who come in here have him on their team. Yeah. And um, incredible. Way. Yeah, Big Dave. You can Google Big Dave. He, I, uh, how did you meet him? I enlisted his professional services when COVID hit, because I'm like, I better strengthen up the mind.
0: Yeah,
1: I feel like we're in from bombardment of different things, just mental pressures, and um, yeah, it's hard because I can't say he directly influenced me, but he was like, dude, you know, some of his training is a bit in hypnosis, a little yeah. bit. in um, affirmation, yeah. you know, he said. Stop speaking so negatively of yourself. Yeah. Um. And, and in the end, I think he kind of guided me to believe that I'd be enough. I think I had this thing where I am happy to start. I'm quite entrepreneurial, but I then quickly want to give it to somebody. Yeah. Because I'm a bit worried yeah. that I can't see it through. Yeah. And um, you know, that's something I that I've changed. By building a team around you or just seeing it knowing you can see it through? Uh, just knowing I can see it through, but also by having a good partnerships yeah. and teams, you know, like um guy producing there, he's got a different skill set to me. He says yeah. that he's the technical person, I'm the people person, and so there's this nice yin and yang. Yeah. Um we'll see if we can survive small business for another few years, guy. <laughs> but uh yeah, man. Um Cam, mm. a weird tradition that I'm trying to I keep in this podcast is I ask guests if they'll be open enough to sharing out loud an acknowledgement of someone they love in life. And I do this because uh <laughs> I recorded a lot with my mum before she passed, but one thing I wish I had got her to say is I love you out loud. She said it to me all the time in life, but I don't mm. have it recorded. And mm. I want someone that you love to hear you say I love them out loud, so that in years to come, it sits randomly somewhere online in a podcast. Yeah, awesome. Can you pick someone or some people that you love and just tell them that? Yeah, um, I love your mum.
0: I love you, Audrey, my my fiance. Uh, I love my sister, Sam, her daughter, Georgie. I love my family, so thank you for being my family, and thank you for being my friends. My friends I love because... There's always time for you to feel pretty alone and scared and you remind yourself of who's in your life and
1: that's, that's for me what love is. Yeah. That's beautiful, bro. Cheers, man.
0: Thanks,
1: Thanks for being bro. our beacon of hope thank today. Thank you, man. <laughs> it's that's lovely awesome. to meet you.
0: Lovely to meet you too and thank you, Guy, for <laughs> putting it together. <laughs> for everyone
1: listening to it awesome, that's us, beautiful this episode of A Beacon of Hope is proudly brought to you by Campfire Studios Campfire Studios is an impact led organisation amplifying the voices of Maori and Pacifica communities via podcasting and video content to find out more visit campfirestudios.co.nz 2, 3, 4 Thank you for tuning in to this Frequency of Hope in our podcast today. If you found value from this episode and want to hear more, I would love it if you could follow, subscribe and rate our show. By doing so, you will increase the frequency of the beacon of hope. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or any other platform, please take a moment to hit the follow or subscribe button and leave a rating and review. I truly appreciate your support and feedback, and it helps us make our podcast even better. Thank you.
0: Be good. Be safe. And be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like that song, doesn't it?
1: Be happy. All right, Mama, we'll stop there, eh? Yeah, okay. okay. All right.